buckle your seatbelt and hold on, where Nashville music scene comes alive, right where you are. You're listening to Notable Nashville Podcast with your host, Groove Dr. J. Don't miss a beat. This is Kingston Hythe, and this song is called Antidote. Spent the last five months looking for the antidote. I've been getting way too high on the roof where we used to smoke. Who am I supposed to be now with no one to call me out? And it's still burning The poison you left in my bloodstream Oh, and I'm learning There's no waking up from this bad dream I feel it taking true for the antidote I over drink and then I overshare and I overthink on if anyone cares oh and who am I looking to find when you still got a hold of my mind And it's still burning The poison you left in my bloodstream Oh, and I'm learning There's no waking up from this bad dream Oh, and I'm 
looking for the antidote. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning into Notable Nashville Podcast. Today's guest is Kingston Hythe, um, a.k.a. Drew Irwin is your real name. I'm, I'm unmasking you. That's me. <laughs> uh, That's but thanks, me. For, thanks for coming over, man, and thanks for playing that tune, Antidote. I heard it um, when you played the high watt with a... What was his name? Ellie. Uh, Ellie, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan. Because I, I sometimes just randomly go on the on Mercy Lounge website and just like see who's playing. And I didn't, totally, I had dude. never heard of you. And but I was like, I like this music. So like mm-hmm. I went to the show and dude, it was cool. I love that, man. That's so cool. It's like, I feel like I forget sometimes that like there are just like people who like love live music and yeah. just like love going to shows and like checking it out. And I feel like it's something since moving to Nashville, like, and like since like working in the music industry sometimes it's like the last thing i want to do is like go go check out a show it's like i need to save my ears or i need to so it's like it's really cool to me like i met a couple people at that show that night who were just like yeah dude like didn't really know anything about like either you guys but just like bought tickets yeah that's awesome that's that's so cool but um i honestly had never heard of ellie before either but i loved that like with your with your set, you kind of shared stories of the songs, and mm-hmm. like you know, it was cool to hear the story behind some of it. I kind of want to talk about a little bit more about what you've been working on and stuff too. But um, so you were telling me that you moved to Nashville in 2018 from what? What was it? Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. Okay. Memphis. 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 So what was the what was the reasoning behind moving from from Memphis to here? So I went to school in Memphis. I studied music business, and Memphis is an amazing city. Like. I will claim that city until the day that I die. But uh, I was just kind of through throughout college and stuff, like gigging pretty heavily there, just like every Friday night, like some Tuesday nights, some Saturday nights, but a lot of times like two gigs a week. And it was sick, but I was just getting like super burnt out. And, you know, these were like mostly cover gigs, mm-hmm. but it was sick because like, dude, I had more money in my bank account when I was 18 than I do at 26 you know <laughs> like I was ripping these gigs yeah. but it was just like not good for me mentally like after a while you know you're playing the same songs and no one's listening and it's just like frustrating mm-hmm. like even if it is a check and um so I uh went to school and like the music community in Memphis like when I was in Memphis was I feel like so special and just like I'm so thankful to have met like the people that I like we were all just kind of there at the same time it was amazing but some of my best friends and roommates in college and next door neighbors in college um were in the band Camino oh, okay and so we kind of all came up together same music program we're in like the same singing program at at university and uh we were all kind of trying to figure out what our next move was and this was like right around the beginning of like when Spotify was really kind of made its you know name for like like it was when spotify was changing the music industry and um camino i just kind of started putting out music and like they got connected like a manager up here in nashville at the time he wasn't a manager but someone up in nashville he uh had kind of like got like heard a song of the boys and you know they were like going back and forth to nashville and they started working with him and he had set him up on, uh, you know, like was trying to get him out on the road and they were like, yo, we're, we're going to move to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at the time in Memphis, I was operating like a, a recording studio that I had kind of like built and renovated myself oh, wow. and like 
that was like for me after college, I was like, I guess I'm just going to have this studio in Memphis and try Mm -hmm. to build it. And my plan was kind of to try to do like sort of like an audio tree type thing. Oh yeah. And just like do it in Memphis. Uh But the problem is not a lot of people tour through Memphis. So, (laughs) so it was, it was, I don't know, maybe for the best, but yeah. So, uh, when, when those boys were like, we're moving to Nashville and we're going to go on tour, they were like, we, we need a front of house, like tour manager type cat. And Mm -hmm. like, we're not just like trying to hire some like kid from Belmont. Like we want you. Yeah. And so I was like, well, shit, I've never, never run front of house before. And, uh, but that sounds way more fun than playing cover gigs. And, you know, I went to music business school, so I kind of like knew how to advance and like, you know, do, do that stuff. And so you hopped on tour with them. Yeah. So I hopped on tour and toured with them from 2018 up into the pandemic. We, um, we did, a full European tour in February, 2020. And then we started the Dan and Shay arena tour and then three shows in COVID. Did, did you, uh, <laughs> did you work the show when they played exit in? Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. I right. sound that was 2018 with Hardcastle yeah. for the love of yep. the game tour. Yeah. Hardcastle. Now he's out in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Graham, man. He's, he made the jump. He's, um, he's a hustler, man. I respect that guy too. Well, that was the first show that I saw, of Band Camino, but then I saw him at, uh, where was it? Marathon Music Works, where you were that, that yeah. one too? Yeah, I was, cool, running, cool. I was running sound at that nice. one too. I, I always talk about the sound at Marathon because like sometimes like it sounds terrible. I don't know if it's to blame the front of house. Is it hard to mix a show there? Because <laughs> Dude, Let like, me know how you thought that show sounded. I though. thought it sounded good. I thought it sounded Sweet, good. Sweet, man. Yeah, no, I was actually really pleased with that room. That's, I mean, front of house is not easy, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, I mean, I had good gigs and I had bad gigs. There's still some gigs I think about, like, cringe. But, like, the cool thing about Front of House is, like, there's, like, certain mistakes that you can make. And once you make them once, you generally don't, don't make do them again. again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. But I, I think I was happy. We had some technical uh, issues at that marathon show. But I think the guys, like, brushed it off like champs. And Yeah, I didn't notice. That was, like, first or second show of the tour or something like that. Okay. And I just, I, I remember that day. It's a good one. Yeah, that that was a good show. But I want to know when was the point that you were like, okay, I want to start this uh, artist path um, with Kingston Hyde. Um, the Kingston Hyde stuff was uh, it was kind of this thing where I was in, all throughout college. Um, you know, I I'd released a project or two under Drew Irwin, and I was very like, I don't know, just. I think I was putting a lot of like my self-worth as like a human into like the art that I was creating and Mm -hmm. like doing it under my name was tough because like, you know, like you put something out and like nobody like really listens to it. And it's like, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve and like, it doesn't do anything like, and for me and I guess my ego or whatever, like that was kind of like a really hard thing. And then too, like when I was writing music and like writing music with the intention of putting it out as Drew Irwin, I think I kind of have like a, everybody has like a perception of like, you know, who they think they are or how they want to be perceived and stuff. So a lot of the times I would work on an idea and then kind of stop myself from finishing it because it's like, oh, like Drew Irwin would never say that or Drew Irwin wouldn't make that kind of song or whatever, you know? And, and so I knew 
I was like really burnt out and the, the running sound thing was kind of like a way to just like take a break for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I knew like coming back, like I wanted to kind of have something a little bit more ambiguous. Like, is that a name? Is that a band? Like, what is it? Where is it from? Whatever. And I just kind of like had an, a notes tab on my phone with a bunch of made up names. And that one to me just sounded like the most believable and actually kind of had some sort of meaning to me. So was, I was just like, I guess I'll rock with this one. <laughs> what, what was the meaning behind it? So growing up, um, I, uh, like my grandmother, she lived in a town called Kingston right outside of Knoxville. Oh, okay. A little bit outside of Knoxville. It's not Kingston Springs, is it? It's not Kingston Springs, oh, okay. but it's, act- it's at, the town is actually called Kingston. It's exit like 352 on I-40. And, um, and then the word height, I think I say height, but I think it's pronounced height. But I think, I don't know, height just sounds like cooler to me. Well, but uh, you, you made it, so you can call yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. But it's, it's like, it's an old English word. Oh, okay. And it means safe haven on water. Oh, nice, nice. And so, like, my grandmother, like, her house, it was like the lake house, you know? So we would go up in the summers and water sports and just like hang out. And I have a lot of great memories. And then the first song that I ever released under Kingston Height, uh, we were actually doing some tour prep for, for, for the 2019 fall tour on Camino. And we just kind of like took the weekend, me, uh, Garrison and Spencer, just to kind of like prep some tracks and like do some last minute stuff before we started production rehearsals. And, uh, one night we just kind of like hung out on the dock, like down in the middle of the night and just like wrote a pretty, like, I don't know, kind of personal song. And, uh, I don't know. I just felt like it was fitting with like, I knew I, the name was Kingston Heights, And then like the first song that I put out was like written, like on the dock, Oh, cool. like in Kingston. And I was just like, this just feels right. So I guess I'm just going to like move forward with this. Nice. And so that's kind of how, I guess how, how it started and why, well, <laughs> why Kingston Heights? I guess, you know, I like, I like that though. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it has a nice ring to it too. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it is a name, but <laughs> it it's just name. weird. Like even when I'm on stage, man, like I'm always like, Hey, I'm Drew, but I'm like, Oh shit, I'm Kingston. Just kidding. And yeah. But I mean that that's interesting to me. The fact that you say that you can write songs and be like, you know, Drew wouldn't say this, but maybe kind of, you know, putting that on a different kind of yeah, uh, well, because it's it's like a know, clean view. slate. Yeah. It's a clean slate. It's like who is Kingston Heath? It's uh-huh. like he can be whoever I want him to be. Right. And like, I don't know. Maybe there's a lesson there. Maybe Drew can also be whoever I want him to be too. But I feel like I don't know. With me mentally, it's a little bit easier to like. I guess now when I create, like I just don't feel like super constricted. Like whatever happens can kind of happen, mm-hmm. which is. Good. Well, you seem like you've been doing a lot of like writing and I see that you were like out in Hawaii doing some stuff and yeah. out in the out in the Smoky Mountains and stuff. So you want to tell us a little bit about what we can expect in the future or maybe some stories behind some of the songs? Man, yeah, totally. So um, I think last year, just kind of like coming out of the pandemic, I was like, I really was trying to define like the Kingston High thing, mm-hmm. you know, and like just i I was just vomiting out songs. I told myself like, no matter what, I'm going to release a song a month, some song or some months I did two songs and just like kind of creating to create and like not being like super calculated or mm-hmm. like whatever, you know, it's right. just like, Hey, like, cause a lot of people, especially in Nashville, like didn't really know that I feel like did music, you know, mm-hmm. I was just 
running sound, you know? And so I was like, yeah, I made this song, made this song. And, uh, and so that was cool. And I definitely think it's like helped me figure out like, you know, my intention with this Kingston Heights stuff Mm -hmm. and like kind of helped me find a little bit of an identity as an artist. But so yeah, this year I think is the year for me where I am going to try to be intentional and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on uh, a hefty amount of songs and Mm -hmm. just like, you know, trying to finish them all up and put like a ribbon on them right now. But yeah, just been kind of trying to travel and like stay inspired and just like, I don't know. I feel like there's nothing to write about if you're not living. Right. And it's really easy, especially this past year, like just like found myself falling in like the same rut and same routine, like over and over again. It's like sitting down and writing the same song. And like, it's just like, I don't know with that stuff, with the Smoky Mountain stuff, that was just kind of like, I put a little camp together of just like dudes that I like really respect, like what they do. And, Mm just kind of like some brothers that I formed through music. And, uh, we just kind of went out there had a couple songs that I wanted to like wrap the loose ends on. And then just like for the hell of it, like, let's see if we can get a couple more. And like we did, and like we got probably the song that I'm most stoked about, honestly, we wrote out there and, and that was cool. And then man, the Hawaii thing was just more like had some homies. One of my homies was about to move back from Hawaii and they were like, yo, like, it's now or never, man. If you want to come out, like, wow. come out. And I was like, dude, I got to gotta go. And so I just kind of booked a flight and went out there. And it was cool. I, like, finished up a front of house run. Like, I was out for, like, a week running sound. And then we ended in Vegas. And then I was able to, like, fly out of Vegas, like, straight to Hawaii. Oh, cool. And so it was cool. I was, like, it was definitely gone. Felt like a minute. But, like... It was like the perfect reset. With oh. with that video that you posted, you obviously had some cool sound gear because I mean, it's not the video like oh, had a no, bunch of different dude, camera angles. It's so and... fun. so my homie out there, Caleb Caleb Backus, uh, shout out. He um he he moved out there, I guess like in the middle of the pandemic, maybe right before, yeah, probably middle pandemic, and like he does a lot of like a lot of amazing videography like landscape stuff, but he also, uh, shoots a lot of weddings because it's Hawaii, you know, destination weddings and stuff. And so honestly, we didn't have like amazing sound gear, but it was just funny. Like I, he had a lapel mic from like the wedding and like, I just like clipped it on a blade of grass in front of me. Oh, no way. And like, I, like I couldn't even figure out how to like check the gain or anything on like the little (laughs) receiver. And like, I was just like, I hope this sounds okay. And I, I think it clipped a couple times, but like, it was just cool, man, just to, like, hear, like, all the birds. and Yeah, like, it was whatever. really sweet. Yeah, but that turned out awesome, and Caleb's the man, like, just, like, I was like, yo, like, while we're here, like, maybe we should try to get some con- content, and he was like, dude, like, I got this place that we can oh, go, sweet. and, like, let's just do it, and so super thankful for that guy. That's really cool. He's the man. So with all these songs that you have under your belt, are you going to maybe release it as, like, a whole project, or are you still kind of thinking of, like, releasing month, month to month? See, I very like i'm like you know with all this music i'm like i can't really afford to like hire out and like pay someone to like mix every single song and Mm -hmm. like master and you know it's like i've dumped a boatload of money into equipment and gear so it's like i'm kind of the only one i'm like the one who's like doing all that Mm -hmm. and i'm so burnt out on them already like i'm trying to like finish them and like so i was i'm trying to decide what exactly the plan is when i do finish the project uh I'm just going to try to like get it on like 
some industry years like before I drop it uh-huh. because I am like really proud of like a couple of songs. A couple of songs I'm like, okay, like this is it. This shit is good. Like yeah. I'm not crazy. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like it's in its like it's it might not be, I guess like I don't know. I'm like very as an artist and stuff like trying to like lean into like the things that I do well. Right. And like, there's a couple of these songs where I'm like, okay, like this is what I do and it's good. Well, I think so, that's really smart because yeah, a couple of my friends were doing that, passing it over to uh label execs and be like, Hey, you want to, you know, invest in this. And mm-hmm. instead of just, Oh, you know, I've got all these songs. Let me just put it on Spotify. Yeah. You know? Or, and it's just like with them too, man. It's like, you know, like I want to get years. Cause like I said, like I'm doing all this myself and it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And like, if I can just get the right people, it's like, I might think it's the record, but like the right ears are on it. They're like, yo, actually this person should produce this song and like you should work. And it's like, if whoever can make that happen and I can go cut a record, like I'm trying to do that, you know, like I don't yeah. want to just like, be holed up in my little studio room making music by myself, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. it would be nice to like collaborate and like not be the one pressing record and mixing and like trying to do it all. Cause like it doesn't feel very sustainable. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I want, I crave that collaboration. So yeah, I mean with these songs, I think I might do like a single or two and then, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to like, not waste, but like the next eight months, like I'm not trying to like, just like prolong it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I got other songs that I'm trying to write and like other ideas to finish. And yeah, it's like, if I take the rest of this year and release all this music that I'm sitting on right now, it's like, I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to live in those songs too long. I think they're great, but like, I, I feel like this is all just kind of the beginning for me. Well, I hope, uh, I hope it comes out sooner than later, though, because I want to hear it. Yeah, dude. There's the, the way that you're talking about these these few songs that you're like into. Yeah, man. I'm I'm definitely hoping. Like I've kind of set a deadline, at least for like the ones that I am thinking like single wise, for like the end of this month. Okay. And then I'm hitting the road in April and May, uh, playing bass on a tour, and so I'm gonna kind of like hopefully be sending a lot of emails from the road and just oh, like sweet. trying to get some ears on it. And then hopefully over the summer, I'll release one or two or just, I don't know, like I said, just kind of try to like get some ears on it and take whatever advice that I can take. Uh Like I said, last year I did the fuck it, I'm putting everything out all the time. Now you're taking a different approach a little bit. Yeah, now I'm just going to kind of like be a little bit more calculated, I think. I got you. (laughs) Try to be. I don't even know what that means, you know, (laughs) like help me. (laughs) Well, I, I I feel like it's gonna it's gonna come to fruition, you know, whatever whatever yeah, the man. I don't. I, it's not like as strange as it sounds, man. Like I am very just like convinced. As long as I like keep working hard and like I don't know, like I think intention is like very important with like everything that you do in all walks of life. Mm-hmm. And like I really am a believer of just like keeping my intentions good, like on all fronts and just working hard and then like and you seem to be getting a lot of a lot of gigs i mean like people in the music industry say that you know being a good hang is like one of the biggest things uh, dude there's to, you know if people want to be around you they trust you then i think that's like so important man like i'm going out on this like i'm about to like go like play bass on this tour and it's just like you know i wouldn't consider myself like a bass player mm-hmm. but it's just like 
it's you know it's like i can play the bass and like the the artist who's taking me out is like the homie and i guess like he had something happen with one of his other players and like he just like called me he was like yo like what are you doing these dates like you want to come play bass and i was like i mean yeah dude let's yeah, go sweet. and so i don't know it is like it's cool and like i'm just thankful to be like working in music you know yeah you know like even like with the front of house stuff it's not like what i want to do but like i zoom out and i'm like man it's like pretty cool that like this is what i'm like get to do yeah for sure so, I don't so know. am i able to talk about um your american idol stuff <laughs> i mean yeah i mean so like i feel like yeah it's fine to talk about i don't think anything that i did is like gonna air it's not gonna or be anything like that yeah. yeah it's uh i mean i really i mean i didn't even actually like read much of that contract but but yeah i mean in a nutshell like i had so the guy who I'm going out and playing bass for is the guy who won American Idol last year. Oh, His name's okay. Chase and like great dude. Um, but like, I think like, and then I play guitar for Hunter Metz uh-huh. and write a lot of songs with him. And he got like fifth or sixth, I think. Oh, I and, didn't realize that he was playing at your uh, show yeah. that I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was last season, and so like kind of through that, like you know, they, they kind of like reached out and like Hunter had sang an original song, like on one, like his last episode on idol. And it was a song that I had like wrote with him mm-hmm. and I like made some long post on Instagram, like, like sentimental kind of thing, uh-huh. like whatever. And then just like a casting producer, you know, kind of reached out and was like, yo, like checked out some of your stuff. Like think like you would do really well on this. And you know, I was definitely anticipating like airing and like, you know, at least like getting some publicity from the show. Mm-hmm. But I think now having gone and like done it and just kind of like seeing how many of us are actually out there in Hollywood and just like how much of like sitting around it is. And then you kind of like watch the show unravel and it's like, you know, they kind of have like, like who they want to who be they're focusing yeah. on yeah and it's just like sadly if you're not one of those people and like you don't have the the so then did you audition and then you got the ticket to hollywood or what, yeah how, how did that work yeah so i mean i did the audition and everything and like i guess i mean i don't know <laughs> if it's gonna air or not but i really like my gut is saying it's probably, probably not going not. to but yeah so yeah got Got my ticket, got my yeses. Yeah, it was just like, you know, such like a surreal thing. Like do, trying to like just like audition for the show and like being out in Hollywood and like doing all that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. And like I, I was actually on America's Got Talent uh, when I was like, I think I just turned 16, like 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so like, you know, I swore to myself I would never do reality never TV you. again. You know what I mean? Like, and so it was just like funny, like all these years later. Just like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. Cause like, you know, I saw like the, just like the press and the publicity and kind of like what it was doing for Hunter. And like, Mm -hmm. we, we went out on a tour this last fall with him and it was awesome. And like, it was just like, you know, just back to like, I have music and I just want to get ears on it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that's why I am really kind of like fingers crossed, hoping like they at least air my audition. But it's like one of those things where it's like, if I got cut, in Hollywood, like, why would they really even, like, air my... It's like they didn't, like, take my story farther. So it's like, why would they show me? You know? Yeah, I don't know how they decide on who to yeah. who to showcase and everything. 
I was talking to you about uh, Finn Matthews too. I'm, I'm I'm big a big fan of him. In yeah, LA, dude, so. met that kid out there. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like too. It's just like so interesting because you know I'm sure like he got cast too. It's like that that dude has like a song out with Rick Ross. Yeah, I know. it's just like, <laughs> and I don't know. It's there's I I have like a lot of theories just like with it all. But I think every every television show kind of has its its uh like its thing like the picture that they try to paint and uh-huh. like i think a big thing with idol is um like they're they they said they said a lot but like you know like creating superstars and stuff like that and i think a big part of that show is like the public appeal of like oh like this guy works at a pizza shop during the day and like it's like very or it's like this guy's from the middle of nowhere a small town and but they the, really have connections. And then, well, no, it's it's not even like they have connections. It's like a lot of the times, like those are the people oh, yeah. that like they're like looking to like bring into the limelight. And I think like, I don't, I mean, I could just be terrible at music, no. but, but like, I think like for me, just like being like really tight with Hunter and like being homies with Chase and just like knowing a lot of people from the season before. And then also like working in the music industry in Nashville, it's like, I don't, I think going into it, I was really excited and thought like maybe those things were an advantage or like some sort of like cool. But mm-hmm. like, I think in reality that might've like definitely <laughs> might've definitely, it probably wasn't like great to make a run on that, on that show. If well, that makes sense. so you, going back, you probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have uh, auditioned that. I don't know. I think I would have just probably kept my mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. I would have just made up an occupation, like something (laughs) just like super random. (laughs) That'd be funny. I thought they were going to run with like the sound engineer, like, but now it's my turn, like type thing. You should have just told told them you worked at a butcher shop or something. Yeah, Yeah. just like something random. (laughs) My my own butcher shop in Nashville. Yeah, Yeah. something. But, you know, being... Uh, touring musician going all around the world what's your favorite uh kind of cities or how does it compare to nashville like do you do you like living here dude i i like living in nashville it's it's interesting just even how much it's changed since 2018 Mm -hmm. it's really really interesting um but uh i don't not like living in nashville Mm -hmm. you know it feels kind of like I feel like I've planted some seeds here in Nashville and like I have like a wonderful community in Nashville and it's like I it would probably give me a little bit of like anxiety if I like upped and moved tomorrow. I think I would feel like I was making some sort of mistake. Mm-hmm. But I mean that being said, like I don't know if this is where I want to live forever and it'll just be interesting to see like what it turns into the next couple years yeah but as far as just like touring in cities and stuff i don't know it's tough man because when you are touring you don't really get to explore a bunch you of kind of like yeah you're kind of limited to the couple blocks around the venue and mm-hmm. like you just gotta hope that there's a bird scooter around that you can yeah. just like go <laughs> zip around and especially like in my touring experience it's like you know i'm the guy who's like in the venue working all day long it's like you know the guys can like Cause they just kind of got to show up for sound check, you know, mm-hmm. but like when you're doing production stuff, you're normally confined to the walls of the venue yeah. through like most of the day. I really like going to Atlanta because it's so close, like to going to shows if yeah, they're, Atlanta's if they're not vibe, stopping man. in Nashville, go mm-hmm. to Atlanta. Yeah. It's but. a nice little road trip, but it's not too far. Yeah. It's cool. I think, I don't know, man, my favorite, like 
just because it was fun and it kind of reminded me of like the the old days of like van touring and stuff was like the europe like when we did that europe european tour oh wow that'd be like, awesome yeah like the bus stuff is really fun and it's like it's way it's easier for mm-hmm. sure but like there's just like something about like being with the homies like in the van yeah. like smelling each other's farts <laughs> and just like going and especially like being somewhere like europe like just like being lost all the time and like being on the wrong side of the road on the yeah. wrong side of the car and <laughs> just i don't know it's just like there's not a lot of like like when as you get older it's like you don't it's rare when you get to have like first like the feeling of like a first time first something you yeah. know and yeah. like i feel like whenever those moments present themselves like i try to really like like be present and like remember them you know what i mean for sure and for sure. every city in europe was amazing except for paris i drove around for two hours trying to park a sprinter van in a trailer in paris on a oh friday night <laughs> and it took us like six hours to get there and then it was like drop everyone off at the airbnb and then drive around for two more hours just trying to park so there was no parking like anywhere anywhere dude man it was awful we wound up having to park in this like underground parking garage and it was stressful. Dang. <laughs> stressful. Well, man, I'm looking forward to all the new tunes. Um, you said at the end of this month, hopefully we'll have a couple, but, um, man, we'll see. Well, I don't, the end of this month, I'm of, trying to like of, get them done, get them done all but right. yeah, hopefully man, like maybe may that sounds like kind of doable. Okay. I think April, I'm really going to try to pound the pavement and then, uh, maybe may, just try to throw one out there into the ether and all right cool hopefully try to get some traction on it i don't know man sweet yeah well i kind of want to hear another uh live tune you want to play another one for us yeah i can try to play the one of the ones that i'm stoked on we can see if i can sing it all right which one which one is this this one uh is uh i think i played at that show it's called through time and space it's like a super Super personal. I was way too high when I wrote it, and <laughs> uh, I was—I actually wrote this song in twenty, I guess it was twenty twenty, like start of the pandemic, and I was like, I don't know, reading a lot of philosophy books and just like kind of separating myself from, uh, I guess, like religion and Christianity, and going through a breakup and just like kind of having a full-on existential crisis and like a quarter-life crisis as you will yeah Mm quarter-life crisis and uh i just like got a little bit too stoned and i was just (laughs) like laying on the floor just like writing this song and just like weeping and uh i don't know it's it's kind of like one of those songs where i feel like i i received it and I think the idea was to like try to make it sound like almost like a like a Southern Baptist like hymn or something. That was kind of I think like what I was like trying to get at, mm-hmm. and just like melodically and stuff. And with like the production of it, like I got a lot of friends to like you know sing, do like a choir kind of vibe. And I don't know, it's just one of those songs where it's like it's really special to me and. You know, it it was just about kind of walking away from religion, but still like, man, I 
I, at the end of the day, I don't know what happens after this life, but it would be sick if there was a place where like everybody that I've ever loved was. And what if like that place kind of transcended time and it's like you could go I could go here and like hang out with my mom when she was my age or like I could go like meet like my dad like 10 years ago or like you know just like visit like different little pockets of life and yeah I guess I was really high that's a really cool concept <laughs> yeah that's, so it was called through time and space that's deep and, that's deep all right well let's hear it after all my living stone when I'm setting just like the sun I hope that heaven someday is a place where rivers run through time and space I'd meet my mother when she was young and I'd meet the angel that she'll become I'd stare forever into her face if rivers run through time and space I'd find my hope I'd face my shame Untie these ropes I'd float away Through time and space Through time and space Through time and space Through time and space Find my father ten years ago, back when my life was still moving slow. There's not a day with him that I could waste if rivers run through time and space. Find my hope I'd face my shame Untie these ropes And I'd float away All these unknowns That I can't explain But we're not alone Not meant for pain through time and space Through time and space Through time and space Through time and space I'd find my brothers And all my best friends I'd find my lovers Love her again well, I hope that heaven Someday is a place Where rivers run Through time and space Where rivers run 
through time and space. All right, through time and space, everybody. So, Kingston Hythe, where can we find you on the socials or on the interwebs? The interwebs, man. I'm I'm struggling with this right now and, like, what to do. So, like, my personal Instagram handle is at Drew Irwin underscore. But then, of course, I have the at Kingston Hythe uh, Instagram. And that's kind of mainly where I post, but not so much on the Kingston Hythe one. <laughs> so... Uh, so I don't know. Both. So probably follow both. Trying to get the Kingston Heights following up, and then maybe once I have some engagement, I'll start posting more on there. But if you want to kind of keep up with my daily life and my antics, Drew Irwin is definitely the place to go. Uh, I I have a Twitter. It's Drew Irwin underscore as well. But I I restarted my Twitter recently. Idol actually asked me to delete my old Twitter because I guess there was a bunch of really vulgar stuff on there. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were like, nuke it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so, do, you, do you still have, have any of that uh, merch available? Um, so I'm doing a show in Memphis, I guess the day that this podcast will air, you said. And I'll have another just kind of limited run of that merch. Okay. And I don't know. If it keeps selling and like people dig it, like I'm trying to get a couple more designs and maybe like open up some sort of like online shop just like trying to figure out ways to make money doing this shit yeah. you know man but but yeah so well, awesome. whatever doesn't sell the over the overspill will be definitely on, yeah i'll, on I'll post about it yeah cool I'll, I'll try to get it to someone somewhere all right man well thanks for coming over and uh we'll see you down the road yeah stream kingston height on spotify yes follow me on there stream it up uh, yeah all right man take Sick. it easy <laughs>